Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Supreme Resort Land V World, a podcast about Disneyland and Walt Disney World, and which is the Supreme Resort. I did it. Each episode, we will discuss and explore each resort ride by ride, land by land, park by park to determine which is better. I am your host, Eric, and thank you for joining me on this quest to help the greater good of humanity answer this long, elusive question, which is better, Disneyland or Walt Disney World? Joining me as always, Dan. Who are you? What's going on? <laughs> I'm the host of the Supreme Resort, the hit the hit TV show that we've been on for years. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes sense. Okay. And Jimmy's here too. I'm a corgi lad. <laughs> Aren't we all? Oh, We're all corgi lads. There we go. Speaking of that, uh, we'll just start off our uh, impromptu news and discussion segment here. The the amazing image, the corgi lad provided by Beth in our Supreme Resort group on Facebook. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you Remind think, us where that came from. Oh, that was from a few episodes ago. I think it was... A few was it the last episode? No, it was two episodes ago. Two episodes ago, uh, you had Dan guess names of (laughs) British pubs. Both of you, yeah, we were trying to rank the top ones. Yes, right. So the Corgi Lad was our favorite. Dan guessed Corgi Lad, and we had a listener named Beth do some fan art. So thank you, Beth. Oh, and also thank you. I forget his name. But thank you for asking Jason. I don't know how many of you did it, but there was just one. We got a group text from Jason saying, what is this? <laughs> so thank you for all of you who emailed Jason asking him to give us access to our emails, which Dan and I, oh no, Eric and I still have not done. Right. Uh, a, a friend I have of mine, password. A friend of mine described the Corgi Lad artwork, by the way, as the most beautifully disturbing image I've seen in a while. Uh, also, from an art perspective, that shading, the line work, the cross hatching, seriously amazing. It will haunt my dreams. <laughs> Thank you, Beth. Excellent Which. work. Thank you. So if you'd like to help us out this week, uh, send, send a message to Jason at earsup-podcast.com and ask him to make a Corgi Lad t-shirt because you'd well, like to buy one. Yeah. Ask him to get in touch with Beth yeah. <laughs> on the Facebook group. And oh, that's also, even more work for Jason. I don't know. That, on the Facebook group? It, well, it, maybe to encourage him. He is on the Facebook group. Maybe to encourage him, you can thank him for <laughs> helping us reset the email. Go. So yes. number one, thank, yeah. thank him for helping yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I swear I'll sign in. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So and maybe um, congratulate him on, right. <laughs> on doing so. You know, like give him give him some praise. <laughs> yeah, let's start with some praise. <laughs> thank you. Positive feedback. Thank you. You did a great job. <laughs> and then follow up with Thank you for make. also finding this trend that seems to be happening very funny and not being angry. <laughs> And number two, could please you please make a Corgi Lad t-shirt. Corgi Lad t-shirt. After you log in, 
mm-hmm. and connect with Beth to get the art. Yes, so that we there don't have to, even though I'm go. sure she's delightful. <laughs> <laughs> she's in the Discord. She's been pretty active in Discord for a while. I know you guys I have not that active. Yeah. Oh, well, Mm-mm. let Jason know that that's also an option. Also, I need to log into the Discord. <laughs> that's that's our next show that's your next oh, there we go. that's next week next week baby steps jimmy uh so hey what do we think about this uh this actor and writer strike i mean the haunted mansion premiere was was what last night and no one was there because they're all on strike not oh, no one gorilla deville was there what would she be doing there are you talking about well she's a villain about? they had a bunch of villains oh, so they, they had like disney cast members there yeah yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. So, which yeah. when I read about that, just really called to attention the idea of like, oh, so they're getting people who should be in a stronger union. <laughs> Ooh, the face characters union. Right. So they they had a premiere of Haunted Mansion. They had some villains because it's a scary thing. Uh, Bob Iger gave an interview to CNBC and he said that he understands the he supports the union and their right to protest, but he disagrees with it and he thinks they're not going to get what they want. Yeah, he said unrealistic, right? Unrealistic, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he got into his gold-plated <laughs> <laughs> private luxury jet <laughs> while they're at this, like, a, flew from Burbank to San Diego. Exactly. Where he's at this retreat in the mountains of Idaho with all the all the people who run the world, <laughs> the pentaverite or whatever, all the robots and lizard people. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's I, here's I don't. I've I've kind of paid attention on the outside looking in. The reason I don't like it is I don't get all my stuff. Like I I want to watch my late night shows and things, and I can't watch those on the YouTube the next day because they're not being written. Well, yeah, uh, and we've stopped production on a lot of really big yeah. big movies that are. Who knows when we come back if they're going to be in the same the same state? If it's going to be doable i mean what what are the studios going to do i remember the last time there was a big writer strike there were some really weird things that came out of it well so the the, the one of the first writer strikes was about um oh, what was it about it was about residuals right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the next one was about dvds and blu-rays and whatever now it's about streaming right and the amount the thing is that when you have a network television show you have 22 episodes or whatever so you're basically employed for a whole year and every mm-hmm. time you write for a week then you you're at the live taping and you're working with the writers and it's a really steady paycheck and then you get residuals <laughs> Hold now on. now what? oh wait i sorry i think you were gonna go in the direction i was gonna go yeah, in. So okay. now you've got streamers <laughs> who do six episodes or eight episodes once you've written them it's you're done and yeah. you don't well, have a steady job anymore. And from what I understand, the way that they seem to be doing these things now is they'll be like, hey, let's meet and talk about like the arc of this show. And then like, OK, we have our whole episode. We have this every episode now. Thank you. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's just no consistency. The amount of pay is a lot less. The residuals are non-existent. Well, so, and they seem to be seems doing like less Hollywood. of a career. It's like a gig. Yeah. 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 And they seem to be doing Hollywood math with it, which is Adam Conover uh, from Adam ruins. Everything has a bunch of good stuff about this. Mm -hmm. Um, He's, he's a little bit lefty. So be warned. Um, uh, But but I watch, but I watch him. Dan likes it. (laughs) I know. know. Out of character. There'll be none of that in this episode, by the way. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> he he's talking about like Hollywood math is basically like, you know, the studio pays themselves to sh- run a show on a thing, which then pays that like there's a, a whole bunch of like there's a card game. There's a whole shell game thing going on. And basically the studios can make it so that the residuals they they can basically fudge the numbers so that a show essentially makes no money while still making a yeah, ton the of Hollywood money. math. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. They they took in a billion dollars of the box office and they lost money right. because of the amount of money they had to pay for promotion and actors and blah blah blah. Um, so I'm not defending Bob Iger in in this at all, but I think his point was. COVID really had an impact on this industry and this is not a good time because we're just now kind of getting back to it and now we're shutting it down again. It's just bad for the industry. And I think he's thinking it going, uh, Disney plus doesn't make any money. Um, I don't have any money to give you writers cause we're already losing money on the thing. I think that's kind of the point. There's just that no money in streaming at this point. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it's and an it, interesting time for sure. But it's sort of like, you know, right after a uh, mass shooting, it's not time to politicize it, you know? Yeah. Well, but those of you who are missing out on all your new shows good i have good news for you you can join all the online weirdos like myself and watch skibbity toilet on youtube (laughs) ask your kid actually i'm gonna say it again if you're listening and it's apparently kids love it i have no idea like younger than gen z they're way into it apparently uh if you are listening to this with your children, just Uh-oh. ask them what's skimming your toilet, and then they'll probably tell you that it's a scary toilet person. It's there's nothing. <laughs> it's not dirty. It's just really weird. It's appropriate for children. Children are the ones watching it. Okay, that doesn't mean it's appropriate for children, <laughs> right? I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends. It's it's not inappropriate for children. I mean, it's a it's a guy popping out of a toilet and he sings a little song. Skibbity dopped up. Yes, yes. Skibbity toilet. So he's kind of like Hanky the Christmas poo for a new generation. <laughs> kind of. I think it might. I don't know why it's so popular. I think it I think it might be why kids are, have rediscovered the song. Everybody wants to rule the world. I'm just a, I'm just a week into this and it's Skibbity Toilet 49. Oh, there's multiple episodes. Oh, episodes. Oh, Oh, yeah. It's a whole journey. It's not just one video. Um, Yeah. And it's like a destruction in the streets. uh It's a big monster. No, there's a big fight between TV head people. Yeah. The Skibbity Toilets and the TV head people are at war, apparently. Yeah, they are. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Jimmy's in. Yeah. This episode is over. <laughs> so random. <laughs> Why so? You know, I, can, I can't. All right. I, I, think, okay. I think potty anxiety is maybe part of it. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> it's a potty training video. I don't, oh, oh, man. <laughs> yep. Uh, unrelated to toilets. Um, <laughs> we'll have Skip to figure out how to, w- what episode this will be about. But uh, the, the San Francisco stuff, have you seen some of the changes that they're putting in? Yeah, I haven't. Look, oh, I've seen pictures. It, it looks cool. It's looking good. Yeah, I think uh, I I was indifferent to the change, and I think it's a net positive. Yeah, and they're not changing seen it much. Like the restaurants were going to get new food items. Yeah, it's kind of the same stuff. I mean, I'm sad that they took out all references to Song of the South, but. <laughs> 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 
this again. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like the Golden Gate, not Golden Gate Bridge. So they they added some sort of Asian accents to some things, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they've got the blimps like in in Big Hero Six. Right. It's you know, just like uh, Blade Runner. <laughs> there you go. Just like Blade. Wow, I never realized it this, that uh, it, it's a direct copy of Blade Runner. Yeah, that's the picture I saw. It's a sort of like um, Japanese style. Uh, I don't know what the architecture style is, but kind of like the 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 bridge that goes across to the wharf has like towering. I don't know, like what do they call those? <laughs> Uh, not pagoda things, but right. No, um, that style, that style. Yeah. Yeah. It looks good. <laughs> that style of thing that we don't know anything about. Welcome to three white guys. Come up with exactly. a name for something that is vaguely ethnic. Um, <laughs> Sorry, new segment. <laughs> uh, and it, here's a, here's a fun one. So we're recording on July 16th. So of course we ha- we have to keep in mind that next week, the Epcot international food and wine festival Open oh my god one well, and, and tomorrow is the big uh the big 68 for disneyland oh this, that's oh, right tomorrow july 17th you know, you know what that means for next year it's gonna be 69, 69. wow yeah. welcome yeah. to celebration guys um <laughs> so um also listener now that i'm thinking about it eric if i may usurp for a minute um the july 20th is the day this comes out you have four days it's christmas in july if you are thinking about booking a trip with concierge if you book within the next four days you will automatically and it's an eligible package not just like a ticket but you have to have you know a multi-night multi-day ticket package i think it's one night two days at disneyland and i think at least two maybe three nights at disney world and tickets you will automatically get a 50 dollar gift card Disney Ooh. gift card, and you will be eligible. You'll be put into a drawing for a free day at the parks. Mm. Okay. So you have until July 24th. It's four days. If you're thinking about booking, now's the time. Call now. Eight five Christmas six hour years. I'm. I, did he? Did it sound like I? I didn't know all about that promotion. Did you did you a good job. Believe my that was good surprise. Yeah, okay. I, was, I was actually like Eric. Don't you know about this? <laughs> I guess I do. I guess I do. All right. Well, hey, why don't we kick things off here with the case of the thematically appropriate for their lands boats, strong <laughs> <Nice>. canal boats <laughs> versus living with the land. Uh, my alternate title: um, the case of boats with land in their title. Ooh, I like that too. I, 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 yeah. What was mine? The case of the living with the storybook land. <laughs> That's good. There you That's go. good too. Or if we want to, if we want to get a bunch of listeners just by doing some clickbait stuff, we could do <laughs> Skibbity Dop Dop Colleen Ballinger as the, as the title. Oh my god! <laughs> I really want to see what happens. <laughs> oh Speaking of uh, uh, last episodes, though, man, we've got some rave reviews on our last clickbaity episode. Nice. Ooh. Lots of uh, people texting saying that they really enjoyed it. Could they rate and review an Apple podcast? Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Eric. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so yeah, both of these attractions are are not all that different. They haven't changed much over the years. They're different from each other, but but yeah, the, the earliest iteration of Storybook Land is uh, interesting. So I'm wait. I'm looking forward to the history there, Jimmy. Uh, but they're both early additions to each of their parks. 
Dan, would you like to explain the stipulation you have placed on this uh, these proceedings today? <laughs> okay, the, so, the requirement for doing little, this. No, 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 a little behind the scenes here, and and just a sneak into like my own psychology. I think um, <clears throat> I said let's do. I sent a text to everybody saying let's do storybook land boats only and listen to the land or living, living with, the with land, the land rather but then he says boats <laughs> only so i'm right. like okay alice okay. um yeah. okay let's work through this let's work through this because <laughs> i want to i want to hear where you two went with it and i'm gonna <laughs> tell you where i went with it with your response to me <laughs> yeah so i immediately thought he just wants us to do an episode about the boats now <laughs> you can same. think listener you can you can wonder if that sounds crazy but this is the man who came up with let's figure out which robot is the best it's the most attractive yeah the most attractive, the most robot. attractive yes. so i'm thinking okay just the boats and then um okay there were some clarifiers and and my response to that was like okay look i know that i come up with the ideas that i come up with but does that show sound any good <laughs> which like, is why i pressed on what kind of insane person do you think we, we would do that show though we would we would rate the boats we would, it would, we would be rate more of a the individual boats yes yes we would rate the individual boats oh, and we uh, might no, we doing just doing might <laughs> Um, yeah, so then, uh, went back, um, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm kind of pissed because I'm just like, who do they think I am? Like, I realized that <laughs> I realized that I am who I am, but like that, that just sounds like an, the, the, uh, that sounds like an actual insane person. What am I researching? <laughs> Storybook land at Disneyland boats only. Where yes. am I supposed to go, Dan? Not and I Casey said boats Jr. only. I, I missed something. Not he said Casey it's Jr. going against living with the land, which is a boat ride. Right. Okay. I'm still thinking he just <laughs> wants to look says, at the boats. Yeah. And then he says, it's just a show idea I threw together to have a show idea. I'm like, oh, crap. This, yeah, this is me getting like weirdly passive aggressive. <laughs> and then and then he goes, meaning no Casey Jr. And I said, that was key. I got it now. <laughs> I, I, I sent that text 10 different times. Like, and we landed there. Like, I'm just trying to figure out how not to upset you. Well, And, and then Eric's like, I understand now as well. Because I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't No, I do know. I don't always take into consideration. Um, and I don't mean this as an insult to myself. My brain is like a little bit not normal and you know by so normal people standards and uh, what, what was I was, where was it? Where was it? Okay. Hold on. So living with land. Just scrolling reading. through text. Basically, <laughs> no Casey Jr. This is not an argument about right. okay, the Casey Jr. ride. This is the storybook land canal but impacts boats. on the land. Sure. It's a section that we do. So, And, and before you go, Dan, um, so I'm thinking, well, th there's kinetic energy in the ride that's created by Casey Jr. Not Just right. like in Living with the Land, there's a rotating restaurant inside the ride. Like, <laughs> you have to talk about it. Right. Well, okay. And, and here's here's me at my like peak frustratedness. It's not the land versus storybook land because that wouldn't be a reasonable match. But things do exist that people see. <laughs> That's me being like, yes, things are things, Jimmy. I understand that. <laughs> so to be well extra clear, it's the Disneyland attraction storybook land canal boots versus the attraction living at the land at Epcot Center at Walt Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> 
when you say boats only, <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Anyway, uh, no Casey Jr. So you uh, there's no. Let me let me reiterate. No Casey Jr. in this episode. Mm-mm. I mean, you can. Uh, it exists, of course. It's a part of. But like, it's not the complex of storybook land, as Eric has mentioned. Understood. A possible as a possible thing before, versus the con- the oh, complex of that's the part the I land understand. pavilion. Got it. Because that wouldn't be a fair matchup at all. Because I Understood. mean, the storybook land concept is the clear. <laughs> I like the storybook land complex. I like that complex. <laughs> well, oh, right, storybook so land no was was there Casey first. Jr. Yes, yeah, it no, was. No, no, Casey Jr. We we agree. Got um, it. As storybook land canal boats was the first of the t- two attractions. We begin with Jimmy, and mm-hmm. uh, when Jimmy says something that I find pleasant, I will play this sound. <laughs> Perfect. You teed me right up. Thank you. Uh, just that is just, of course. Just to clear, just to clear this up, I'm I, I'm aware that you do in fact see the Casey Jr. Circus train, and I'm not expecting anyone to be like, okay, pretend it's not there. Pretend it's not there. Close your eyes. Uh, <laughs> yes, that gosh. sound, of course, is something you might hear while you're on Storybook Land Canal boats. Indeed. And uh, when Dan says something I find particularly enjoyable, you will hear this sound. Just make believe. Oh, no, the not that thing? one. <laughs> not the whole thing. The whole song. There we go. Okay, there just go. the just the stinger. Okay. <laughs> yes, that's the chord change that everybody knows and loves so much. And what is that, Dan? Um, that is from the song Lis- "Living." No, "Listen, Listen to, to the Land," uh, which this ride used to be. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, we're all set to go here. I've got my judge's cap on. And um, yeah, let's begin. Jimmy, kick us off. All right. Your attention, please. (laughs) Just make believe. Hey, listener. Let's just make believe that you're a tiny little seed. And by that, I mean not a plant seed. I mean, like a person who has not subscribed to uh, the Ears Up OnlyFans. Uh, you could grow to see the sunshine, also known as us doing a walkabout. What's a walkabout, oh, you ask? What walkabout is, is when all of your podcast friends and some of, the, some of the podcast friends you haven't met yet, but they're all on the Ears Up podcast network, get together and watch a bunch of random ass videos on the YouTube and they can make we, comments. Can we be clear? These are random ass videos, not random, random ass videos, not random ass videos. They are random ass, random ass, random dot random hyphen hyphen ass.com videos. Uh, and uh, Ryan is in charge of it. And we're all yeah. going to get together. Hopefully Jimmy can make it. He doesn't know yeah, about talking this about yet. an early, early in the day on a weekend situation, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're talking Caught about, that part. I believe it is what, what's next Tuesday. Uh, uh, please don't copyright strike us. Disney corporation. See you next um, Tuesday. <laughs> it's next. <laughs> it's next uh, Saturday of the 22nd. So if you're uh-huh. listening to this, the day that this podcast comes out, assuming that Eric puts it on here, uh, you, can set a little alert for two days from now and you can watch Walkabout. But first you have to subscribe to Patreon on the what level? $2? $5? $20? I think it's any level, yeah. Any level. 
any level. Um, as long as you give our daddy, Jason, money, we will walk about with you as we listen to the land. And by the land, I mean the audio on the YouTube videos. Thank Whatever you. Whatever they might be. Fresh baked. Let's do it. I'm going to start with the overview of Storybook Land Canal Boats. Is this your, this is your opening <laughs> this statement? It's my opening statement. Okay. Storybook Land Canal Boats is an attraction located at Disneyland and Disneyland Paris theme parks. Mm. Passengers embark on a leisurely paced outdoor boat ride through a winding canal featuring uh, settings from Disney animated live. Excuse me. I cannot see right now. I can't see my brain notes. Mm. Uh, Disney animated films recreated in miniature. The Disneyland version was one of the original attractions when the park opened in ni- July 17th, 1955, not my- 1956, Marie. Although the miniature buildings and landscaping were not <laughs> that's what, added. That's what he calls his brain here. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> She'll know. She knows who I'm talking about. That's right. it. Okay. Uh, I got an opening right. statement. <laughs> Look, wait, are you, are you, Eric, are you pointing for that? Are you giving no, points? No, no, okay. no. I'm okay. just saying it's great. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen and uh, NBs, well, let me just plant a little idea here. Nothing grand. What's an NB? A non-binary. Okay. Uh, let me just plant a little idea here. Nothing grand, mind you. Just plant. Hum- I see what you did there. <laughs> just a humble seed of thought. Now, I reckon Epcot's living with the land might just reckon. be a touch. I, I didn't write this Judge. <laughs> might just be a touch better than Disneyland Storybook Land Canal Boats. It's I like that chat seed. GPT. You see, it's maybe. It's, <laughs> Uh, it's counselor, like, uh, if it's you're like going the, to file on, an objection, hold, you no, need to do it formally. Hold on, Sorry. let me share. Okay, this is the concept. I told Chad GPT <laughs> to make a, an opening statement based entirely on the lyrics to listen to oh the left. So here we go. Here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, I had the NMBs. Uh, well, let, let me just plant a little idea here. Nothing grand, mind you. Just a humble seat of thought. Now, I reckon Epcot's Living with the Land might be a touch better than Disneyland Storybook Land Canal Boats. It's like that seed you see growing up to reach the sun. <laughs> no, I'm not saying we should all listen to the land we all love or anything. Just think of the tales that our dear Mother Nature could tell us. And you know, I reckon Living with the Land does a darn good job of telling those tales. Ah, the seasons! Don't they just roll around like a wagon wheel? (laughs) With Living with the Land, you can practically smell the orange blossoms of spring and taste those sweet summer melon rinds. And autumn? Well, it's a bit like a harvest show, don't you (laughs) think? When winter drops by with a good old-fashioned rain shower just before spring comes calling again. Wouldn't it be something if the earth and man could be good friends? Imagine that. A friendship where our harvest time will never end. And wouldn't it be nice to really listen to the land? Now, I'm not saying it talks or sings or anything. No, sir. I'm not that silly. But if it did, we would certainly want to live with it. Uh, Objection. (laughs) 
hold on. I did several generations of that. I had to tell it to be dumber, smarter, <laughs> less obvious, more obvious. Okay, so there was some human fun. Oh, yeah. There was no, some I, human interaction. Right, there. yeah. There's a reason they're on a writer's strike. <laughs> oh, man. Touchy subject there, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both for, for initiating this uh, this argument. Jimmy, proceed with the history, please. All right. The history. <clears throat> Excuse me. The ride's concept dates back to Walt Disney's plans for a magical little park across the street from his Walt Disney Studios in Burbank. This modestly scaled, never built amusement park was to include a gravity flow canal boat ride among its attractions. When plans for much grander Disneyland were being made, there was a there was to be a Lilliputian land inspired by Madurodam, Madurodam, a miniature city in the Netherlands that Disney once visited. Did you know this? I did not know that. The inspiration Mm. for the canal boats. However, the technology did not yet exist to create the miniature animated figures that were to inhabit Lilliputian village. So the canal ride opened under the name Canal Boats of the World. It was intended to be a journey past miniature recreations of the great landmarks of the world, you know, Eiffel Tower, etc. But time and money prevented its completion. The ride was plagued by other problems. The outboard motors were prone to overheating, often forcing the boats to be pulled by hand. And because the attraction (laughs) opened with little landscaping, it earned the nickname among the park executives as the mud bank ride <laughs> at the original outset the ride was only operated by men walt disney felt like because these boats didn't go backwards they had to sometimes pull the boats that men were only qualified to do it and then after it changed to storybook land it was all women and only mm. women until 1995 and then it became anyone mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, when so the pulling the boats, are they like leaping in the water or are they? Like- I, I get they're putting on waders. I don't know because it was only open for two months. Okay. I'm, I'm, um, I'm imagining them like on the bank, like pulling it with a rope and just like stepping on all the miniatures accidentally. <laughs> yeah, well, there's no the miniatures. Oh, it's sorry. just mud. That's right. <laughs> when mud the ride first opened as canal boats around the world, there were eight boats. They were called the Annie Oakley, Bold Lock and Veer, Gretel. Lady Guinevere, Lady Katrina, Lady Shalat, Lady of the Lake, and Lady Bly. Notice two American, two English, two French, and two Dutch. <laughs> After two months of operation, the canal boats closed <laughs> while Storybook Land was constructed and the muddy banks were landscaped with miniature plants, including a bonsai tree uh, planted by Walt Disney himself. The idea of having Monster the Whale uh, consume the canal boats came from a never-implemented concept for a Monster the Whale ride, in which small boats were to be swallowed by Monstro and then plunged down a watery path into a pond below. Inside a giant whale. Yes. (laughs) The attraction reopened on June 16th, 1956, under the new name Storybook Land Canal Boats, the models, scaled one inch to one foot, that's one twelfth scale, included Geppetto's Village from Pinocchio, the Pig's Houses from the Three Little Pigs, the Kensington Gardens from Peter Pan, Alice's Cottage from Alice in Wonderland, the Old Mill from 1937 Silly Symphony cartoon, Toad Manor from The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves Diamond Mine, and Cinderella's Castle. Over the years, several scenes have been added and removed from the attraction. Most notably, the Sultan's Palace from Aladdin appeared where the miniature Toad Hall from the Adventures of Mac- you know that it's from. Um, <laughs> that was done in 1994. 
Toad Hall returned the following year in another location. For the 50th anniversary of Disneyland in 2005, the Tinkerbell boat was painted gold and the lighthouse given a gold and maroon theme. More on the lighthouse later. Due to high demand, Ooh, that's a second for boat, you. yeah, second boat Wendy was painted gold and also renamed the Tinkerbell for the duration of the anniversary. Once the anniversary had concluded, both boats were repainted to their former appearance. So Tinkerbell did not usurp forever. No. Okay. Beginning December 20th of 2014, the attraction at Disneyland added the village of Arendelle from Disney's Frozen, including Anna and Elsa's castle, Wandering Oaken's trading post. Jimmy, do you hear the song? Let it go? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank God. Thank God. (laughs) You. Um, And Elsa's Ice Palace. These additions replaced the three Dutch miniature windmills representing the old mill from 1937. That is the history of Storybook Land Canal Boats. Man, all that IP. When will Walt Disney ever get an original idea? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dan. Yeah. Uh, Hey, so Living with the Land is a part of, uh, it was originally called Listen to the Land. It opened with Epcot Center on October 1st, 1982. Uh, And it is now simply called Epcot, the center, not the land. It's still the land. Uh, Some refurbishment has happened. Um, Not a ton. We'll get into that. Um, it is located in the land pavilion, which is, uh, now in world nature used to be future world (laughs) and the fastest future world. Uh, it focus, the, the, the pavilion itself focuses on human interaction with the earth. Uh, this became less and less. So the more that sponsors got involved because they were like, agriculture um so yeah so much for that a bit about the pavilion because that's where it it is i just want to be clear i'm not trying to secretly fold the pavilion into this ride but you know yeah there was going to be an objection a part of it yeah no that was just brandy (laughs) kissing eric (laughs) oh no (laughs) pda Uh, the the, (laughs) The judge wasn't paying attention The land pavilion itself is a large dome-shaped building uh, symbolizing human nature uh, unity and a human slash nature unity. Now, picture if you can, dig if you will a picture of a building-like structure where people go to engage in shopping and dining and also entertainment. Um, It's it's a a mall. mall. Yes, it's a mall. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the pavilion centerpiece uh, is hot air balloon decorated with the scenes of four seasons. Interestingly, this ride was initially going to be a a balloon ride, which I'm not seeing a whole lot of credit for like who did what. But if we know there's balloons, we can suspect <laughs> Tony, Tony Baxter, Baxter. is not Tony. far behind. Um so there are various attractions. This is one of them. Uh, and uh, the original sponsor of the pavilion and therefore the attractions was Kraft. After the conclusion of Kraft's sponsorship, Nestle took over uh, from 1993 to 2009. And Nestle, if you don't know, is known for its delicious chocolate as well as its extremely profitable baby formula operation, as well as offering many career opportunities for people of less than standard ages in developing countries. Uh, and then from 20, 2009 
to 2020, Chiquita Brands International, aka United Fruit Company, has been the sponsor of Living with the Land Attraction. Now, none of these companies have done anything wrong, and the term Banana Republic is just a cute phrase with absolutely no connection to the U.S. supporting far right wing dictatorships or across human or gross human rights abuses. Now, uh, it was originally listened to the land, and that's going to be mainly the history. However, it's mainly the same attraction. So there you go. Uh, <clears throat> the boat tour was guided the boat ride by a live cast member who narrated the ride and provided information about different agricultural techniques shown. Not a lot of video footage exists of this by every, every bit of video I saw consisted of the tour guide kind of like sitting in the front during the scenes because you go through show scenes that I'll get into, um, which I'll just, I'll describe them all as I get to the right experience. But I think what happened is they just kind of sit and watch the scenes. And then at some point they stand up, they're like, okay. Now let's <laughs> tell you about 100% what happened. Yeah. Wow. I remember that. I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I, was, I was so I concerned. I remember it. I, I was so concerned that that happened on Storybook Land because I haven't been on it in a little bit. It's like, mm. oh no, is it? It's got to be live narration. And yeah. yeah, I just watched a recent 2023 video. It's still live narration. They're trying to be a little like Jungle Cruise, but. Yeah, I don't love that move. But I mean, if it gets people in it, then that's fine. It works for the canoes. <clears throat> I don't know about storybook land. Well, though. the canoes, the the subject of humor is mainly like, can you believe that this ride exists and right. that you wrote it? <laughs> yeah. And when in fact it's a super pleasant ride, but you do row, you know. Anyway, so uh, early ideas were really about the earth from like an environmental. I don't mean like a disgusting hippie kind of way, like an environmental living with the land point of view. Uh, but again, as sponsors got involved, it became apparent that it would be about agriculture. Uh, the ride aims to educate visitors about the importance of land, nature, and agriculture in human lives and demonstrates various techniques for sustainable farming and food production. Again, sustainable, you know, we can get into what that actually means, but this isn't that kind of a podcast yet. Uh, there isn't a lot of terms. Uh, there isn't a lot that I found in terms of Imagineers involved. Um, uh, but the balloon ride is a big is evidence. Carl, they brought in several uh, scientists. One, the only one that I could really find a direct naming of was Carl Hodges. Um, a lot of it was and kind of still is to some extent seeped in that early 80s futurist aesthetic where like it's like you should I think I've talked about it before on the show. It's like both fear and embrace and love progress um, like hope and progress are also umbilically tied to corporate interests and expansion into space. Uh, also known as neoliberalism. But again, not that kind of podcast. Uh, so the biggest difference between what I'm going to talk about next and the old ish ride is there's a dark ride element at the beginning and the end. And it's really hard to tell from the spotty footage that I found just where exactly the dark ride element was at the beginning. It seems like it was bigger, but also I don't know how it could have been, but basically that was where you would hear the, the song that we all love. Nature's plan will shine above. Um, 
and the original version uh, had the, the song played throughout various scenes and helped to emphasize the ride's simple theme. This was where, and this, this, so this first dark ride element had like, again, I, it's hard to really piece it together, but it was like the journey of a seed, just like the song journey of a seed is it reaches up to meet its need, but it's all done in like that weird early Epcot, like prop and lighting. It seemed like kind of like aesthetically kind of close to, um, journey into imagination in a lot of ways the song itself was written by bob moline uh who's known for his disney attraction work and it was removed as the ride underwent what my notes say was a major refurbishment but it was not a major refurbishment (laughs) um would would we like to hear a little bit of the song i think i i can't get enough of it okay (laughs) it's one of the few songs with children singing that i (laughs) It's not disturbing. I like. Now, yeah. I had a friend in high school. I had a friend that went to Disney World before they revamped this, and he knew that I was into Disney parks and really wanted to go to Disney World. The way that he talked about this ride was as though it was the ride as we understand it today with this song playing on a loop over and over again. I like it. Delightful. <laughs> so yeah uh beyond that oh hey while we're doing this let's just uh actually eric you want to put that back on oh, 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 oh. so nice. listeners regular listeners of the show know that the trivia element i don't care about and i don't really look out <laughs> i don't look at it however i recognize that i'm kind of the weird person in this situation. So let's just get the trivia out of the way right now so that all of you and Jimmy do not explode. So here we go. (laughs) We have an animatronic dog in the farm scene. There's a farm scene. I'll get into it later. That dog is the same model as Carousel of Progress and Pirates of the Caribbean and Magic Kingdom. And it's based on Walt Disney's own pet dog. There are buffalo and prairie dogs in the desert scene. Now these animatronics were made even before the planning of Epcot began. They were originally intended for a never-realized attraction at the Magic Kingdom uh, created by the best Imagineer ever, Mark Davis, called the Western River Expedition. Oh, is that oh, what that, that's so they so already cool. they started making yeah. stuff for it. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. And they moved them in over there. And the mailbox in the scene with the farmhouse has the address of 82. And number 82 signifies the opening year of Epcot. 1982. Tell me this. Whenever you see that little farm scene, Uh I only see a stage production of Oklahoma. Oh, (laughs) you know what? I yeah, I'm gonna go there from here on out. Yes, definitely. That's that's all I can see. Um, The produce grown at the land uh, is displayed and viewed in Living at the Land, as we will find out. And it's served in many Walt Disney World restaurants. I like to pretend that all of the produce served in Epcot comes from this ride. That's not possible. And who knows how much or how little is actually served. Let's just, I mean, let's play pretend. Why not? Uh, Let's see. Also, there are tours of the greenhouses, but this is not about 
that's not like part of the attraction. That's the Casey Jr. of this attraction. <laughs> that's the Casey Jr. of this attraction. Well, behind and so the is the rest tour. Behind yeah, the so seeds. I am acknowledging that behind the seeds does in fact exist. However, it is not a part of the attraction, so it will not be discussed here. But it is yeah. totally the Casey Jr. of this attraction. Where you can kind of walk around and yeah. see a different vantage point of the attraction. Uh, yeah, you can't usually that. see people doing it when you're on the ride. I see it all the time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost every time I see people I guess the last time around. I was there, they didn't have it running yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, they, there might be some thoughts about that later as we get more contentious. Is that done? Yeah. You're done with the facts? You're done. That's all that, no, I'm oh, okay. done with the trivia. I'm done with the stuff oh. that I don't no really care about. No more facts, <laughs> just opinions <laughs> and made up nonsense from here on out. Then we need this song. <laughs> <laughs> all okay. right. Well, thank you both for your histories. Very thank interesting you. stuff. No, thank you. No, thank Dan, you. Thank, no, you no, for, thank you. Eric, for can I just say I think you're doing facts? a really I good job. I think you a great job. Oh, well, thanks. Thanks. Wow. I, was, I wasn't going to say anything. But you guys, you're making me feel so, so seen as a judge. <laughs> um, one point for each of you. Yeah. Oh, thank oh, you. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Is that what we were going for? Yes. Perfect. Okay. The cue. May I may I share the cue with you, Eric? You may, pro- you may proceed. Thank you. Approach the bench. Passengers enter the attraction through a chain cue that winds in front of a loading dock. A lighthouse at the queue's entrance was once a ticket booth. See, I told you I'd call it back. When Disneyland sold ticket books, you could go to this lighthouse where the little person would be in. No, the little person. There's a person inside that would sell you tickets. It was <laughs> a ticket. Could have been a little person. Could have been. And uh, would have called it something different then. Originally, <laughs> the storybook. Oh my god, there was an utopia across the way. Um, storybook Land canal boats originally required a D coupon. You'll also be happy oh, wow, to know that I know that was at the at opening. That was the biggest was peak. That was big yeah, time, huh? big time. Uh, I'm also happy to share with you the cue music since we're on the cue. Great. Here is the Storybook Land Canal Boats cue music. The second star to the right from Peter Pan, Snow White Overture, Babes in Toyland Overture, Sleeping Beauty Overture, Darby O'Gill and the Little People Overture. There's <laughs> that little people again. <laughs> Um, love is a song slash April little April showers medley from Bambi Dan mm-hmm. love that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a dream is a wish your heart makes the working song medley from Cinderella and during the holiday season storybook land receives the same Christmas music loop as Main Street USA oh god it just keeps going for storybook land <laughs> and occasionally you can hear the the, the music <laughs> there is something that I want to point out something i've learned in my research is that if you rope drop to storybook land the first (laughs) handful of guests gets to sign a guest book what i saw this happen you can sign a guest book at storybook land if you go if you're one of the first people on the ride wow i'm gonna sign two points one for one for the guest book if you're if you're a fast queuer and you're you're running right past Peter Pan. <laughs> and um, I can't remember why the other one. Yeah. The lighthouse? Mm, the song? Maybe the key music? Mm. I didn't say much. No, you didn't. Say- <laughs> the change. I have changed. Too. I was distracted by the, by the guidebook. Um, hmm. Maybe just one. 
Okay. Uh, shout out to Provost Park Pass, by the way. I watched him. He did a whole video on Storybook Land, and he rope dropped and went right there, and he showed it on video, signed a guest book. So Provost Park Pass is in that guest book. And then All did right. he go, after that, did he go, what? Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cutaway. <laughs> I'd say we should have him on, but we've learned. <laughs> We shouldn't have guests. Yeah, right? <laughs> okay, so apply for the guest book. Hey. But All it right. is just a no. chain queue that is really tight. Yeah. Yeah. It is really tight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the queue for living with the land uh, is in the lower level of the land pavilion, mm-hmm. which is a multi attraction hub, by the way. In oh. case we haven't talked about that. Hey, that's hey. like a mall. Boats only. <laughs> the, <laughs> the thematic design is there's an agricultural focus uh, about like a human uh, environment relationship. Uh, there's kind of abstract murals. There's a graininess and earthiness and a farminess without like any hint of like, you know, commentary on ownership or surplus value. And it also has like educational signage that emphasizes sustainable agriculture and the importance of the land in general. Uh, there's also chains and most importantly, there's air conditioning. Uh, and there are quotes on the walls. I'd like you to read off all the quotes, please. I would like to read off all the quotes as well. <laughs> um, if you would like to read off all the quotes, you can book your vacation with concierge. That's right. By calling 856 <laughs> our ears. And read them aloud as you read go through. Read them aloud <laughs> as you listen to this. In fact, you, you should listen to this episode and then press pause right now and read them aloud to the people in the line around you. And as you do it, point to your phone. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, listener, your call to action this week is to email Jason all of the quotes from <laughs> Living with the Land. <laughs> oh, God. One, one email at a time. That's right. Uh, okay. Well, that's, is that, that, that's your whole cue. I mean, air conditioning, uh, air conditioning and something to see other than the person standing next to you, I, I think is worth two points. Ooh. There we go. The earth is like my mother. You get punished <laughs> if you make a mess. Why do you think the planet's called mother earth? I'm glad I didn't seek this out. Oh, that's from, Jessica Lee, who was age 10 at the time from Hong Kong. Oh, wait. These are all from like... They're children. Oh. Well, George Bush is on here. Oh, George Bush. He's a (laughs) painter. He was a child once. Yeah, he was once a child. Uh, Nature never deceives us. It is always we who deceive ourselves. That That was from Rousseau. Is it George W or HW? I can't find it. It's cut off. If only society and the environment could work together, we would have a masterpiece. That's from Tanya Voot, age uh, 15, Mm -hmm. from New Jersey. Imagine. Deep. Yeah, just a side note, a fun thing I've discovered recently is if anyone, if someone talks about like, they're like, oh, hey, did you know that George W. Bush is a painter? I just say like, you know who else painted? Anyway, um, <laughs> am I including the loading area or is that part of the ride? Did I feel like I do this I think every we decided time? that's part of the ride. Okay, cool. There we go. Okay, well <laughs> then let's ride it up, Jimmy. All right. So the ride itself, there are max 14 people on a boat. And I found there are seven boats max. Uh, only one of only two boat rides that is narrated by human beings. 
at Disneyland. Still humans. One now, does that... Two, oh, wait. Uh, jungle, does that... Jungle, it doesn't count the canoes. I didn't think about that, but Jungle Book, Jungle Book, Jungle Cruise, and this ride both have live narration. Does that capacity also include the young child who is weirdly encouraged to sit at the very front of the boat? Um, in fact, I think I have something about that. Um, but yes, it max 14. Okay. Okay. You might throw a little child on there to make 15, but, um, By the way, okay. that, that every time I see that, I'm just like, I mean, that's cool, but that is so counter to everything I know about this company right now. What? Putting a small child on the putting bow a small of the boat? Child like, yeah. On the bow of the boat. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, it's not deep water. Right. I don't have any issue with it. I think it's it's a fine thing to do. It's In fact, it's charming that they still do it. But every time it happens, I'm like, oh, wait, is this not? And they're still doing <laughs> this. Okay. Uh, six flagged much? <laughs> the motor driven boats are scaled down replicas of Dutch, English and French boats. All the boats are named after female Disney characters, except for Flower, which mm. is retired now. Flower mm -hmm. is, of course, the male skunk from Bambi. So all of the boats were female characters. Who did not know that Flower was not a female when they made this yeah, ride? Would imagine here. I mean, yeah, it's, it's Flower. flower. I mean, it's, uh, come flowers, on. girls like flowers. I mean, come on. He's basically, you know what I'm saying? But see, the thing is, he's a skunk that smells. His name is Flower. Yeah, you get it. That's like, like a character right out of Twin Peaks, that guy. The passengers <laughs> are seated along the edges of the boat, and sometimes in the front, uh, facing forward, although children are sometimes permitted to ride on the front flat part of the boat. A costume guide sits just above the passengers on the back of the boat, perched above the engine housing, and narrates the ride. You suppose my, it's warm sitting on top of the engine? Oh my lord, can you imagine? Yeah. And of course, my favorite part of the ride is watching the cast member duck as you go through yeah, the monster, right? <laughs> and sometimes, like, touch the top of it to make sure that they're clearing it. <laughs> That's it's funny. Fun. Uh, after departing the dock, the boat passes through a short cave sculpted to look like Monstro, the whale that swallowed Pinocchio. Monstro is partially animated. His eye opens and closes, and periodically steam comes out of his blowhole. <laughs> it's fun. The canals past the Monstro Cave are landscaped with miniature trees and shrubs. Along the banks are small buildings representing the homes of characters from Disney animated films, although not all locations were actually depicted in film. While no characters physically appear in the attraction, many of these settings feature sound recordings of characters singing. The miniature settings include... <laughs> the pigs' homes from the Three Little Pigs. An English village with a church and the entrance to the White Rabbit's Hole from Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> Ken Kensington Gardens Park from Peter Pan. The Sultan's Palace from Aladdin. The Cave of Wonders from Aladdin. And then, you know, shoehorning in the little tunnel of roses that were very similar to the ones that Aladdin and Jasmine flew under in the carpet. That was whatever uh the dwarves cottage and mine from on to the left of that you can see casey jr but right and if, if you're real lucky you can hear it take off and go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. during that also romantic scene right <laughs> uh the dwarves cottage and mine from snow white and the seven dwarves the french countryside village from cinderella featuring a gold spired castle and, of course, the pumpkin coach that has turned back into a pumpkin. Mm -hmm. The patchwork quilt from Lullaby Land. Toad Hall from the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Village of Arendelle from Frozen, including on Anelsa's castle. 
Wandering Oaken's Trading Post and Elsa's Ice Palace. Cobblestone Alpine Village with Geppetto's Wood Shop from Pinocchio. Prince Eric's Seaside Castle from The Little Mermaid. King Triton's Underwater Castle, partially hidden behind a waterfall from The Little Mermaid. They call it, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Antarctica, what do they call it? Uh, Atlantis? Atlantica. 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 The boat then returns the passengers to the loading dock from which they boarded. The attraction closes during any fireworks shows and resumes normal operation once the show has ended. The names of the canal boats. (laughs) Hold on, I have a a question real quick. Can you eat any of the miniature uh, buildings? (laughs) You could eat some of the trees if you wanted. Okay. but anyway, so uh, that's the ride. That, the waterfall is where they store the boats. They, back in the day before they added Little Mermaid um, or King Triton and you know, Nautica or whatever, um, they used to say that's never, never land because we never, never, you'll never, never go there or something like that. Um, the canal boats' names are Alice, Ariel, Aurora, Belle, Cinderella, Daisy, Fauna, Faline, Flora, Meriwether, Snow White, Tinkerbell, and Wendy. Also, it's probably important to know. I've got some fun facts, but I thought it was interesting that the the houses in Storybook Land are filled with six-inch doors and quarter-inch hinges that open and close so the Disneyland electricians can change the light bulbs. Hmm. They all work. Oh. Tiny uh, light yeah. bulbs. I so guess that's, that's easier these days. That's the that's right. Well, and they're all LEDs now, so they right. last longer. That is the storybook land canal boats. And to be fair, while you're riding the ride, you do get to see Casey Jr. go through the boats storybook only. land. All right, I'm just yeah, saying. Damn, come on. It's a part of the, it is a part. <laughs> it seeing is a part. it is a part of the experience. That is part of it. And Which sometimes then, it's noisy. Right. And then it, you know, destroys the scale of the models that all the nerds made so carefully and they have a giant train up above giant train like there provost said some kids are are afraid of going through monstro's mouth so you take them on casey jr first show them the ride and you see there's nothing scary in there and then they want to go on the ride get a closer vantage point and then did he go good (laughs) (laughs) he's great by the way uh listener uh you might not know that i'm talking to you but <laughs> I was gonna do it. <laughs> okay, is my Josh? Maybe I get him on the hub crawl. Okay, there you go. I'd like to. Yes, I am. That is the complete ride through of Storybook Land Canal Boats. All right, so you get to the loading area after reading all the quotes from you know painters that were once presidents uh you guess reach the loading area where they're ushered into large slow moving boats now these boats are as as much a rectangle as a thing could possibly be uh they are also as plastic and green as a thing can possibly be it's kind of like if they took a a a shed that you would get (laughs) for like uh, an underfunded kindergarten program at an elementary school and said, turn it into a boat. And I don't mean any of that in a bad way. It kind of like 
adds weirdly to the educational nature of it where it's like I'm definitely going to be learning something on this vehicle right this, here. This boat is all function. <laughs> it's all function. <laughs> Again, not a bad thing. I actually find it very charming. It's just like, okay, I know what we're doing here. <laughs> now, it, it's it's got a it's it's got a canopy overhead. It's got a canopy right? overhead, even yeah. though it doesn't necessarily need one. <laughs> doesn't really need one. Um, again, it's as rectangle as a thing can be. <laughs> so. The, the boats can accommodate up to 40 guests. And before the ride begins, guests receive a pre-recorded briefing, which explains the overall theme so that they're not jostled by like, oh, what's this? Uh, so opening scene used to have animated little things. And by animated, I mean props with lights, as far as I can tell. Now it starts in complete darkness as the narrator in- introduces the theme of the ride, the relationship between humans and the land and i don't know about any of you but for me i'm always reminded of it has a very spaceship earthy kind of feel at that moment mainly because in spaceship earth you still can't see anything because your eyes are adjusting (laughs) (laughs) and it's i don't know i always appreciate those little moments where it's just like oh after this maybe i'll do that thing that i was just reminded of um and if you're lucky neither will have a long wait and if either of them do leave um i'm not saying like in an offensive way like you should just go go somewhere else like go to (laughs) gator world or something not Uh, not just wait in line for soren no just gone gone you're yeah it's it's just just get on that monorail and ride it all day later we should play the uh um how long would you wait for game i like that um so the first actual scene is a rainforest scene. Uh, you all have seen movies about rainforests. You know what that looks like. It's got animatronics, including crocodiles, the famous uh, rainforest animals, dragonflies and birds. Boat progression. Uh, right. There's a biome representation that demonstrates nature's creation of diverse biomes. It talks about diversity and all that stuff and how like the rainforest is a really good, ver- a really good example of how uh, biological diversity is important. Uh, this right is so woke. It's, yeah, so go woke, go broke, basically is what I'm trying to get to. Um, so at that point, you then you then ask the animatronic dragonfly, well, if, if global warming is real, then why do we still have winter? And then you go, mm. um, anyway, so noteworthy comment, by the way, don't Google rainforest and agricultural commercial stuff. Um, so the rainforest atmosphere has all that stuff. And then you go on into the desert scene. And uh, it shows the harsh conditions of deserts and how many different plants and animals have adapted to survive this environment. Uh, they got some heat lamps that are used to give us feeling of being in a hot, dry desert. Uh, the trivia stuff I mentioned before. So, you know, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Uh, then you go to the American Prairie. The boat transitions from that to that, and it focuses on how humans have shaped the land for agricultural purposes, which is going to be a theme, and includes a farmhouse that uh, Jimmy talked about, and a scarecrow, an animatronic dog with trivia attached. Uh, And this is where you can see people eating, eating the attraction at the Garden Grill, which sometimes rotates. (laughs) Um, And then I wonder, I've never eaten there, but there's a rooster right at that moment that I wonder if you can hear in the restaurant. 
I think you can hear it from the seas with Nemo and friends. I think it's loud. You can hear it. Yeah, you can hear it from yeah, parts of the Caribbean. You can hear that. You can hear you can the hear dog. narration. It's not the most noticeable thing, but, but yeah, I've eaten there a few times and it's not. So you really want to make bad. sure that it's rotating before you eat there. Yeah, because if you're sat right there <laughs> and it's not rotating, it is, it's not exactly a blue by you kind of experience. Right. Um, and then you go into the old farmhouse and that's where we're shown scenes of windstorms and thunderstorms emphasizing that, you know, nature wants to kill us all. And uh, there's lots of big projection screens, which is pretty cool examples of early 80s documentary filmmaking, which... I don't know if you're a nerd for that kind of stuff. It's kind of fun. Um, got weird, some weird placement of farm equipment in there. The sound is a little off, like it's kind of echoey, but whatever. It's cool. It's all kind of still in that early '80s, all caps Epcot style. You know, mm-hmm. they, they've updated that that third that video that oh. I'm talking about. They've updated it to talk about what they're doing with salt water and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But still, the loop is about ten seconds too short. Because it, I do you always hear that. the one yeah. narration again. Right. <laughs> Here at Epcot, we're doing blah, blah, blah. It just needs like one more little factoid that lasts 10 seconds. So you're not, it's not on repeat. So yeah, because you still hear it going in the background as you're right. continuing onward. You're right. And I think the way I reconciled that in my own brain last time I wrote it was it was, I think... Okay, well, I can just tell you what it did for me was it it let my nerd brain know that I didn't miss anything. Oh, that's fair. Um, Do you remember back in the day? um, They because, you know, there it's a greenhouse. And so they they introduced natural pest killers like ladybugs, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They invented ladybugs because you've got, you know, you've got people coming from outside. They may be carrying stuff on them, that sort of thing inadvertently. Um, But do you remember, it used to be that there were doors, there were sliding drop down doors that separated each of the environments and they were on sensors. and, And every time that you hit the sensor, the door would pop up. So it was limited exposure to the outside world into the greenhouse. I vaguely do remember that. Same with the aquaculture thing. There were, there were, doors that went up and down as boats passed Uh, uh uh-huh all right those go away um so then from there you go into greenhouses uh you start with the tropics and uh features crops from tropical areas of the world Uh, they got bananas cacao uh vanilla and dragon fruit which do not taste like dragons i've heard Um, they've now added during festivals and stuff they add little displays in the greenhouses that show you these things are at these booths. Oh, that's cool. The festival booths. That's very stuff. cool. Mm-hmm. Huh. In fact, that that right there, Jimmy, you just got down oh, a man. point. Nice. So you can ride the movies and then you can eat the ride. That's I like right. that. Um, so it uses high volume, low speed fans to circulate air and mimic the natural wind patterns of the tropics. And let's see, they utilize intercropping, growing multiple crops in the same space to improve yield and reduce pest problems. Next up, we go to the Aquacell. Uh, vegans love this part. Anyone who, you know, uh, hopes to not be depressed by seeing sad fish swimming against currents. Uh, <laughs> this is where everyone gets excited. It focuses on agriculture and farming of aquatic organisms. And boy, is the farming of aquatic organisms very apparent in this moment. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not one, I'm total, I'm, I'm a meat eater. I'm not like 
a super bleeding heart when it comes to that kind of stuff. But every time I'm in there, I'm like, oh, this is dire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot no, of tilapia in one pocket. Yeah. It's just straight up. Here's some sad fish that we're just treating like plants mm-hmm. <laughs> to the and point that like you see the sad fish, you look in its eye and you're like, I think eating you would be doing you a favor. <laughs> <laughs> the the amount of hidden Mickeys on this ride are yeah, just off the, off the chain. It's like <laughs> almost insulting. That's, honestly, that's why I don't care about hidden Mickeys because I, I got to a point where it's just like, OK, first of all, they're all in a book. And that's stupid. It the, the whole the whole idea to me again. This is just me. If you're into it, great. I like that people like things. Um, but it's like, is it really secret if it's in a book? And then that, like, I mean, yeah, it gives you something to do or whatever. But and then just the saturation of hidden Mickey's, and then and now to the extent that like people refer to hidden Mickey's as like. It, there's a Mickey figurine. Oh, look, it's a hidden Mickey. No, it's just a Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> He's not hidden. He's right there. It's right yeah, like, there. Shut some up. examples, of course, the lettuce. The lettuce is all all grown right. in the shape of Mickey's head. The pumpkin. The pumpkin's disturbing. They like mold. They have like a mold or something. The pumpkin grew into the shape of Mickey. Pumpkins yeah, are kind hoses of Mickey's. Hoses Mickey's in that aquaculture yeah. room. Rocks. There are like wire Mickey's. There's a wire mini. Pumpkins are kind of disturbing plants if you think about it. Yeah, a little bit. That's kind of weird. They're like octopus. I don't know. Just they're just kind of like like fascinating. They're weird. I I can't put a finger on it. It's it's the same feeling I get from like an octopus. It's like it's kind of cool, but also like kind of (laughs) creepy. Now's when you play. You should be playing that music. (laughs) (laughs) What are your feelings on squid? All right, Dan, tell us about squid. Okay, squid, all right, I feel like they're just, just like, they're octopuses who I can't commit. Like, they're like, I kind of want to be an octopus, but then I also kind of want to wear a dunce cap all the time. <laughs> so, that's okay. how biology, that's, that's marine biology, everybody. Um, speaking of marine Dan's biology. Dan's in the education industry, by the way. I sure am. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Aquacell, let's see, uh, takes in the section house multiple species of fish like sad tilapia, sad catfish, sad sturgeon, and sad shrimp. Uh, it also <laughs> demonstrates the symbiotic relationship between plants and fish in aquaponic systems. And boy, how do you do the fish look happy about it? <laughs> the plants help filter water that the fish live in, and the you fish waste provides natural fertilizer for the plants. That's 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 an interesting point, but uh, due to the amount of general <laughs> sadness in this portion of the ride, I know it's so depressing. Oh, oh god. wow! Oh, god. <laughs> wow! I mean, the, the I, sympathy I, point. I don't, listener, I don't know if you've been on this ride or not, and it's it's a. I like this ride. In fact, I was torn between which one to choose. <laughs> I, every time every every time it's i got see red that, light in there it's yeah, all dark it's all it of it dark. it's 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 like it's like a david lynch movie where it's yeah. just like <laughs> it's just it's existential horror at its best and like 
you're going and i think the best thing about this, at least for me it's like oh i'm going on this ride and like while you're waiting for it you don't think about the sad fish it's just like i'm gonna go see plants and agriculture and it's so cool and then you go through these themed environments like oh cool i forgot that like this is actually a ride and then now we're gonna learn about things and then you turn the corner and you see that red light <laughs> right in front of you. it's like oh no this oh, part no. <laughs> <laughs> so many tilapia <laughs> it's funny so yeah and then you go to the temperate greenhouse now if you like me have gone your whole life not really knowing what temperate means here we go temperate climates are generally defined as environments with moderate rainfall spread across the year or portion of the year with sporadic drought mild to warm summers and cold to cool winters uh so yeah uh that greenhouse focuses on farming methods of temperate climates who would have thunk uh the greenhouse uses vertical growing techniques to maximize space and the crops grown there include cotton wheat peppers and tomatoes uh basically a lot of the yum yum tasty stuff that you go eat at the restaurant that sometimes rotates and you hear the rooster um interesting trivia Pumpkin tree in this greenhouse has held the record for the largest fruit ever grown at the time of collecting that note. Um, then you go into the production greenhouse. This is where the really delicious things live. And that is dedicated to innovative high density farming techniques. Hydroponics uh, are demonstrated there that involves growing plants in nutrient rich nutrient. Okay, hold on. Nutrient. Nutrient rich, nailed it. Solutions yeah. or mo- moist, inert material instead of soil. Uh, crops like lettuce, cucumbers, and eggplants are grown here. And they use n- nutrient film technique where a thin film of nutrient solution is recirculated past the bare roots of plants. <laughs> And then that gets you kind of like primed for the creative greenhouse where all the creativity happens. Um, uh, back in the day, there was a lot more like NASA stuff, but you know we gave up on that idea. So it would, if we did that, it would just be like Elon Musk lighting, lighting things on fire accidentally. So anyway, this area <laughs> demonstrates experimental growing techniques. And some of the examples include aeroponics and sand culture. Now, aeroponics, I'm going to answer that question for you, involves growing plants in an air or mist environment with no soil and very little water. And sand culture is the growth of plants. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, let, hmm? let, let's, let's back up. Yes. Dan, what is yes. sand culture? Sand culture? Well, first of all, sand, it gets everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to call Nick it's a horse. <laughs> irritating. <laughs> sand culture is the growth of plants in a sand medium using mm. carefully controlled nutrient applications. Uh, and then we also have the biotechnology lab. A sterile research environment, visible to guests. There's also an example of the Integrated Pest Management Program, which promotes the use of beneficial insects and other biological controls instead of chemical pesticides. And this is all where you will see regular-sized people walking around the regular-sized exhibit, and you think to yourself, (laughs) wow, if that was like a very large train, that would throw off the scale of what I'm watching here at the Hmm. land. Um. For a guy who said no Casey Jr., you've brought it up a lot. <laughs> um, 
So at the end of the, yeah, so the aeroponics, the, the, the NASA scientists trying to figure out how to grow plants in space, that kind of thing. But you'd mentioned it earlier mm-hmm. in the, it's right near the end where the lab is. That's where they have that multi-tier aquaculture thing mm-hmm. with the, where, like you said, that the plants filter the water and the fish poop right. feeds there's, the plants. Right, right. There's more fish in that area. And yeah. They're, they're less sad because it's, it's not relatively red light. new, I think. I believe so. That whole thing. Yeah. It yeah. feels newer. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, it's an attraction that is, I mean, it's kind of the last of the old school Epcot attractions in a lot of ways, Um, which it's- (laughs) Other than Spaceship Earth. Right. Right. And it kind of necessarily has had to change in terms of, you know, introducing new technologies or whatever, but all the technologies are kind of just- an advanced take on the old technology. So it's always, it's kind of like swapping out of like big screen TVs at Best Buy. It's like, okay, here's, right. the, here's the better one now, you know? Yeah. As technology, well, that's good though, is technology changes. It, it is reflected in right. the ride. Also, I just said big screen TVs and Best Buy, which is, uh, I'm old. Skippy <laughs> <laughs> toilet, everybody. <laughs> there we go. He's redeemed himself. That's our new closing statement. <laughs> And then uh, you exit the ride and you go, uh, you know, up the escalator and you, you hop on that spinning restaurant and eat the restaurant or eat the, 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 <laughs> eat, the ride. eat the ride. Sorry, my dog is eating something she shouldn't talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> um, Dogs will do that. What do you like to eat, Dan? Um, I like to eat. Uh, well, I have a can of menudo. I'm going to enjoy it in a little mm. bit. You did ask uh, if, uh, just for the listener, if you hadn't got it, um, when Dan asked if you could eat any of the, the things or the houses in the yes. ride, that's he was trying to make a point for himself that you can actually eat part of the attraction. Yes. And while you could eat the miniature trees, you cannot you eat could. the miniature houses. I mean, you shouldn't. They're not like gingerbread. You, or you shouldn't, yeah, crawl out and get them. Yes. No. The thing the dog was eating is a... Um, an unidentifiable piece of plastic. Ooh, yeah. yum. I don't know what it is. Yummy. My other dog ate a small um, plush toy yesterday, so we'll see mm-hmm. how that goes. Yeah? Yeah. He's just playing. He Great. likes to play with it. He he has a few different ones, and they, they're really meant for puppies, but he normally does well with them, and it was just sticking out of his mouth a little bit. <laughs> and he got a little upset about something, and he just stood there and started chewing, and then it was gone. Ooh. Not this whole time that I, dogs just eat stuff. Yeah. 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 This whole time I was picturing that your dog ate like one of your GI Joe action figures. Probably and at no did. point, at no point did my, did I think he probably doesn't have GI Joe action figures. I was like, no, he definitely does, <laughs> which is not a value about you. It's just me not thinking about things. Correct. Correct. Okay. Correctly. Well, well, there we go. Yes. I don't have any GI Joe action figures. I never if did. You did. That's fine. I mean, I know. No judgment. It's just yeah. I was more of a He-Man guy. So yeah, He-Man Transformers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. Uh, all right. So some points need to be assigned here. Um, how difficult, Dan, is it to load on your boats? Mm, well, seeing as how they are the most rectangular thing in the universe, not hard at all. It's like walking into a thing. Okay. Jimmy, are there any difficulties and special maneuvers <laughs> loading the storybook planned canal boats? There, there are some arms on elbows. 
for sure. You have to be <laughs> let into the boat. Mm-hmm. Do you have it's to time? A more difficult. Do you have to time when you stand up and sit down? <laughs> yes. Everybody. Yeah. And as I recall, they have to make sure every all the weight is distributed. Yes, they have to distribute the weight evenly. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to give Dan a point for um, easier boat loading. How long are these rides? Ooh. Um, you would think I would know. Mine's yeah, a second. You would Four think. minutes. Seems about right. Yeah. Talk about Touring yourself. Touring says 10. Uh, the video I watched was five. But, you know. I'm I sure there can be a little bit of a difference. A little bit, you know, depending on how long you're at the loading dock or whatever. But I'd say it's a four minute ride. Yeah, maybe minutes. Len's counting loading time and disembarking yeah, time. Probably. I got 15 minutes. Wave distribution. Yeah, living with the land definitely feels like a longer one. I mean, that's more of the experience, though. I don't. I think it's more appropriate for what you're doing. Um, now, I'm going to give Disneyland a point for having a human actually narrating everything. Oh, I forgot to mention. Uh, I'm sorry. I forgot to mention the human that is the narrator. How did that not make it in my editing? What? 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 I know I'm doing it. Uh, what? Uh, fans of me typing on mic, you're in luck. Uh, I had it, but it didn't survive. Uh-oh. Right, Eric, do you want to continue with your points while he's looking at <laughs> Mike Purcell. Yeah. Mike Purcell uh, is the name. I'm not trying to like take that point back. I'm just, it's something I lost in an editing process. Mike Purcell is the narrator of Living with the Land. He is also the narrator at the Magic Kingdom of what ride, everybody? Space Mountain. Tomorrowland Transit Transit of the People Mover, that's right. Yeah. He composed the ride music for Space Mountain. Neat. I'm looking for points here, Jimmy, not at... (laughs) That's an interesting fact. I I don't know if that's... I don't know if that's a point. Okay. Uh, uh, can I can I push you over the edge here? Can I, I just want to see finish? I just want to see if I can. Can I finish one time? This can this creates a a connecting thread between the two parks. Mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that has much to do with the ride. I don't know. Maybe at the grasping at straws portion. <laughs> I just wanted to see if I could do it. I don't care. You, you, you said it. You said it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, really, the, the fundamental difference here is we've got a much longer ride that offers multiple experiences. Uh, we have a very quaint ride that is delightful um, for all ages. The living with the land might be considered uh, rather dull by some people, and it is um, at times dull, <laughs> at times dull. Oh, Jimmy's Jimmy's <laughs> saying no. Jimmy's in. I know I know I, I usually enjoy writing it because it's indoors and there are multiple things to see. It's in, there's some some interesting educational aspects that are part of it. We always leave and Brandy always says we need to start um, hydroponics farming. And um, yeah, but up in the mountains of Colorado <laughs> and you're not supposed to take a drink on it, but they don't stop you. Wow. <laughs> Try that on Storybook Land Canal Boats. <laughs> It'll spill. Uh, <laughs> on the child that's on the front of the boat. Right. And they fall in. Yeah. And just like at Six Flags, you just keep going. <laughs> it's like the, the fifth one that spilled on that kid today at Six Flags. <laughs> um, oh, man. I mean, uh, well, we're not done. 
Unless you well, want to, you still trying to. No, no, I'm just, I'm just talking about for the, the ride itself. The ride oh, okay. itself okay, portions. Um, I mean, essentially, they're they're a similar thing. It's just that I, I'll leave out the the edible portion that might be part of the the land impact or something. I, Okay, so and I this isn't necessarily grasping at straws or even trying to get a point. I'm just trying to help you through this process. Uh, there is a seasonability to living with the land. True, there are changes throughout the year. There are reasons to go more than once. Um, I mean, not like, hey, I let's go see the new crop, but like. One changes and the other doesn't. That's kind True. of it. You know. True. I, I'm I just trying how much that counts. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, living with land's definitely getting the point. I'm trying to see if I want to award any extra points, but I think I've already awarded a few extra points here and there. Um, but yeah, it's a longer ride. There's more to see. It's a dark ride plus a quasi learning experience ride. Yeah. So uh, not to bat away a point that might be coming my way, but let's think this through. If living, let's flip the times on each one and living with the land is four minutes. Starbuck land is 15 minutes. Wouldn't that be problematic? I think I'd be bored on storybook land if right. it was 15 minutes long. And on the other, you'd be like, we just got started. Do I, right. I think what I'm trying to say is like, I don't, in fairness, I don't know that the ride length in itself is it's proportional, I think. Proportional yeah, to the yeah, entertainment. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm not saying there's only it's so a point many for being mini. longer. It's just right, there's more, right, to, right, right. more to see. I mean, if that's part of the okay, more to see, yes. Yeah. Jimmy. I see the, the rides are proportional. There's only so many miniature houses you can see True. and still be entertained. Nothing's moving. Yeah. You hear some music. There is some kinetic energy with Casey Jr., but <laughs> giant train up the hill. I was right. really, I was really hoping to, to use that against you, and now I can't. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, so that's a that's another point for living with the land. We are at five versus six versus four right now. Who has six? Danny boy. Yeah, Ooh. the corgi lad himself. <laughs> the corgi lad himself. And, and by by the way, I just. Uh, <laughs> I do not go to Epcot without riding this ride. Like it, it's, that it is not like Dan and pirates or Haunted Mansion. It is not a day at Epcot without this ride for me. Um, I'm not the judge, but it's better. I sometimes um, have to convince family to go on it, but it is indoors and yeah. it gets you on a ride pretty quickly. Well, that, I think that also works. recently there's been, you know, we probably, this is probably, we could talk about this lightning more later. lane for this. <laughs> go ahead Dan. I, I there's also been a recent like i think surge of popularity in terms of people who are realizing that this really is the last of the old epcot rides mm, so they're yeah. like we want to keep the numbers up as much as we can that makes sense they're kind of writing it ironically i, I think it's i think a few years ago they probably wrote it ironically but i think now it's I mean, there's there's a hint of there's plenty of irony to be had with this attraction, but I think it it is also a genuine appreciation just of old Epcot in general. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. 
Um, just a couple of points, if I may, Eric, before we talk about land impact, just, this is not necessarily for points, but rather just for fun facts. Uh, it cannot, the, uh, storybook land, the canal contains 465,000 gallons of water. This is part of that underground pipe system. It goes, flows via underground pipes to the moat around Sleeping Beauty Castle, the Jungle Cruise, and the Rivers of America, where it is then pumped back to Storybook Land. So Storybook Land, you could argue, is the beginning of the connected waterway at Disneyland. I do really like that fact. I do too. The attraction's 13 boats are powered by electric inboard motors. When not in use, they are stored in the boathouse behind the waterfall containing Triton's Castle. Told you that. Uh, I told you about the doors. Uh, there is a hidden Mickey on top of the little fake smokestacks on the boats. And that is all. Hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Right. There we go. All right. Land what impact. About, land impact. Jimmy. Let's impact so, that land. Uh, I, I didn't write anything down for this because I really enjoy when we have a discussion about it. I think just because it's 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 very visible, it's right there sort of at a, at a corner crossroads of fantasy land and you know kind of the matterhorn and all that's just i don't i couldn't really think of the impact other than it actually has an impact in the land because you can see it Mm -hmm. you know versus you know anything inside one of those pavilions how do you how do you really quantify i think we had the same problem with soren like how do you quantify its impact people aren't going to the land to go on this ride if you're not me um, but I couldn't really think of, of how it impacts the land other than the kinetic energy of the boats and Monstro. And it's quite a sight when you're a little kid and you see the big whale and the eyes closing and the, I'd, the spout. I'd argue that it's a massive land impact. It's a, it is a portion of fantasy land. You see it from a long distance away, depending yeah. on which way. I mean, if you're coming up from not from like toad. Right. Um, e- even then, you're right next to Monstro. That's pretty noticeable. But coming from the other direction, it's it's there. It's huge. You see at both directions. You see the storybook land in flowers right. on the hill. It is a major portion of the background of fantasy land. And you want to know what that ride is as you're coming sure. in. I would say Casey Jr. and find out. I, yeah. <laughs> I would say it offers a. <sighs> House of Wonderland does too, but I, I think it offers an entry into the east side of Fantasyland that mm-hmm. actually qualifies as an opening statement. Oh, um, yeah. Alice does uh, the Alice and Teacups area does too, but that's usually not the way people go because it's usually very crowded. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a good transition from the Matterhorn area. It's, it's just a kind of really good transitional corner space that you don't really, I think one of the strengths that it has is it's not, it's not in your face about it existing, but you kind of just, it's kind of in that, the back burner of your awareness of the land. And I don't, I don't think the monstro part can be overstated, especially mm-hmm. to a kid's brain. That thing right. fascinated me. Like, yeah, me too. I bet. <laughs> um, and then it became like, oh, it's a ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you don't get a sense of what the ride is, really. You see people getting on a boat. It's a good point, because all you can see is people on the boat going in the whale's mouth. But right. you can't actually see the fact that you don't stay in the whale's mouth. 
you can't see that till you're on the ride. It's it's yeah. it's in a lot of ways it's a very old school. Like don't don't get me wrong, it's it's a very Disney ride in all of yeah, the ways, but it's Walt also right. It's a Walt Disney ride in that you can kind of feel its origins in it being like of a different time and place. Yeah, it's, totally. It's a fun house ride. It's it's a it's a dark ride that's outside. Yeah, because you don't know what's happening. You see people getting on, and you go, "Where are they going? I want to go mm-hmm. there." Kind of like uh, Alice in Wonderland. To your point, right? Well, and yeah. both of these go faster at night, and because you can uh-huh. experience the nightness of it, you know, it is a better <laughs> ride at night. All those lights are very charming. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, That's an interesting point as well. So I've never living with the land at night. I've never done it at night. The land. Yeah. Living with, oh, we did. We did after drinking around the world. Well, <laughs> I don't remember ever doing this right at night. No, we have. So, land impact um, for me, uh, it's an integral part of the land pavilion, of course. However, it's one of those situations. Is it a situation where the ride is the land or is the land the ride? Does it matter? Um, it's this this ride is kind of it's almost like the rosen crown element where like if you don't have this ride why do you, why have, do you have this pavilion mm-hmm. um and i think that that is the impact i mean not to steal from a previous episode or anything because that just hit me yeah, it's establishing um, precedent yeah yeah that's fine Invisible uh, in a court of law. <laughs> However, what impact does the ride as the ride have on like the mall? V- visually, nothing. <laughs> nothing. It's like, well, it's, like I mean, it's all conceptual. May as well be I, a sparrow. I agree with you, but also the same argument can be made. Where are they going? Yeah. You know, there's some intrigue, I guess. Can you really yeah, see I mean, the ride from I guess you can if you're if you're mm-hmm. on the right bottom spot. level, you can. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, both, yeah. both. I mean, I'd sorry, I'm sorry. Don't no, no, take no that, that's fine. The, the, so the pavilion itself is, it's, it's kind of just a pile of underwhelmingness. Like mm-hmm. I, it's once you get the big presentation of, Oh, look, it's a, I feel like that I'm at that hotel or that mall that I was at one time. And then like once after that opening shot, it's kind of just like, well, here you can go buy sunglasses at the sunglass hut, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it, it is a mall. Um, it, I mean, it doesn't have, it's, yeah, it's not an afterthought, but that's Everything it's is also not an the afterthought to some to some extent. Yeah, but it is also again. It, it's if you so take so in terms of making an argument against or for one or the other. If you take all of Fantasyland and you remove Storybook Land, like it never existed, do you still have a Fantasyland? And that's then a good point. That at is the same interesting. time, if you take the Land Pavilion, remove Living with the Land as though it never existed. That's an interesting framing of the statement of what is the land impact. What you're saying is if there's no storybook land, you still have fantasy land. But if there's no living with the land, what are we doing? You I just mean, have a bad pavilion. you still would have had Kitchen Cabaret slash Soren. But 
Well, no, Kitchen Cabaret. Soren replaced Kitchen Cabaret. I know. I'm just saying early yeah, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. you would have had okay, Kitchen Cabaret. Point. Yeah, but what does that have to do? You have the theater I mean, about... You have the theater where, where Dunphy, Phil Dunphy tries to sell you the earth. Okay, so honestly, and I'm trying not to do too much bias here. I think my awareness of that pavilion would become, oh, it's just a food court. Yeah, with if it's just shows and a building that large and you come in and you say there's I can't even ride anything. Why am I here? Hmm. Oh, Dan, you're 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 twisting my brain here because I was all set to give storybook yeah, land so many points too. because it, it I mean visually and conceptually it's it's a huge impact on the land. But but ironically you have don't have any, you don't have any feel of that while if you're not riding the ride. But the same I mean, is true. It's still same a pleasant is kind of thing true. to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, I mean, got, it's, it's got height to it. I guess what I'm getting at is these two have very similar problems, very similar pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Huh. So where I'm going to just to solve the the problem for me is that subtractive argument of if both of the lands existed without these attractions would the land still feel like the lands Hmm. well clearly uh there's no storybook land in magic kingdom there's not one in tokyo there's not one in uh hong kong there's not one in japan shanghai Shanghai. and you still have fantasy lands okay so as people who have been as people who go to magic kingdom more often than i do do you miss storybook land when you're there? No, I mean, they've no. got a fantasy land is enormous there. They've got a storybook mm-hmm. circus portion. They've got they have a Casey jr. Train. They do they sprays water, sprays water at you. Um, best bathrooms in the park. Amen. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've got plenty in and they never had storybook Magic land Kingdom. also. Right. So, uh, so here's what I'm grappling with Eric. Cause uh, for me, living with the land is a better ride for me because I enjoy mm-hmm. it for all the reasons. But I'm then still I'm thinking, right down the middle in a lot of ways, to be yeah, honest. So then I'm thinking like storybook land is really quaint. It's cute. You've got, you know, the kinetic energy of the train. You've got little kids really enjoy it. Little mm-hmm. kids, this Epcot was not made for little kids. So, you know, little kids don't enjoy this ride and maybe they do. I don't know. Um, my, my oldest one does because he's afraid of roller coasters and stuff, but, um, and he's your yeah, kid. So he's a nerd. We, yeah. Should we go ahead and break the glass on? Cause this applies to both Walt touched it and size matters. Hmm. <laughs> Our it two does, cardinal rules. Yeah. It does feel that we said it, it already. It totally applies to both here. Storybook land definitely feels like a Walt Disney ride. Oh, 100%. Um, but then and living with the land is like, is hey, massive. we've got all this space. We can right. put a whole greenhouse in the middle of a ride. Do mm-hmm. they just cancel each other out in Maybe. that case? And then you add on that you can eat the ride. Yeah. <laughs> I think living with the land takes it. I think you're right. I'd add more points, but it's already ahead. Yeah, I think you're right. It, it just that, that I think is the, the piece in this argument is just the fact that you can, it's kind of like uh, the phantasmic argument was I was just on that island mm-hmm. and now it's come to life. I was just in this thing and now I can literally go eat the food that I saw being grown. I think that really is, and to your point, Dan, how much of it is actually in the restaurants? Right. I don't know. But to be perfectly That's honest, the jaded if, response. Right. right. But, but, yeah. and I, I think it's fair, but I think also at the same time, if I get 
if I get something at the garden grill and it's like even slightly imperfect, my brain immediately goes like, yeah, this came from over there. I know it did. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. I think Take we it got away. it. I think, uh, I think living with the land wins. It is the supreme boat attraction with land in the title. Um, mm-hmm. Seven to four. So now wow. uh, I, let's, and I agree with you, Eric. Well done. Well reasoned. Um, now that the game of how long were you willing to wait for this ride? based on posted wait times. Cause you think about both queues are visible from, you know, the land. Um, and you know, at some point you just run out of queue at storybook land. And so you just can't queue up anymore. So there's a visual indicator on both. If you're not looking at the app, for example, but like storybook land doesn't really get more than 30 minute wait because there's just not enough queue. Right. Because yeah. And because of its, of its placement, it kind of self-regulates. Exactly. If I see, more than like two turns of people in the in the switchbacks i'm not getting done yeah so let's put a number to it what is the longest you're willing to wait for living with the land whoa i was just looking up current wait times uh by mm-hmm. the way it's 204 on sunday pacific, pacific on sunday july 16th as we record this um let's guess some wait times here we go uh first of all for uh starbuck land five minutes yeah um it looks like living with the land is probably five also looks like it's a slow oh space mountain 70 what is happening what What? uh the reason i'm saying what is happening to that uh peter pan 20 minutes holy cow thunder mountain 25 minutes um so much for guessing. Uh, uh, okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> how long is the wait for um, Pirates of the Caribbean? Ten minutes. Eric? Fifteen. Twenty minutes. Sorry, Eric, a different Eric dog wins. has something in his mouth. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Um, so, living with the land. I, you know, it would be a fun game in the future hmm. if we were going to play the, the wait time guessing game. Mm-hmm. Is to give a wait time for another attraction as a gauge. To figure out. Ooh, well, and so that's why I was surprised about Space Mountain because that's normal for a Sunday, 70 minutes. But five minutes for living with the, and they have a parade. The parade's at 3.30. That is weird. Yeah. Uh, okay, so. I'm looking at Epcot right now. Ratatouille's 60 minutes. Frozen is 70. How much is living with the land? Okay, say it again. Ratatouille is 60 minutes. Frozen is 70 minutes. How long? Oh, and Test Track is 45. How, How long, long is, is living with the land? Spaceship Earth? Five. Living with the land, 20. Five. Oh, wow. Yeah, the longer wait. <laughs> Figment has 15 minutes. Wow. Was it uh, down? Soren is 20 minutes. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's crazy. It's not busy at Epcot. Nobody's there today. Okay. Test track's 45. Well, that's because it's a single rider. According to the Bob Iger. That's right, because um, it's humid. That's right. That's why nobody was there on 4th of July. Well, it's I, humid. I wonder if that was a weird, like, attempt at a dig at Rhonda Santis. I'm sorry, little, little Rhonda. Uh, um, okay, here's another fun game. A Toontown, we have four attractions, and I'm going to read them in uh, order of 
of opening date, I guess, ish. You got <laughs> just to give an order. Uh, you got Chippendales, Gadgets, Go Coaster, Gadget Dale, uh, Mickey's House, Mickey Man's Runaway Railway, and Roger Rabbit. Now, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you wait times, not in order, and you tell me which one goes where. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. We got. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, another 30 minutes, and 40 minutes. What goes where? I feel like you're playing this game because you're tricking us. Hmm. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm doing this. 40 just... is uh, Runaway Railway. Okay. I say 30 is Runaway Railway. Okay. Which 30? Are there two? <laughs> uh, uh, the second one. <laughs> Uh, all right, so like 40, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, you have one correct. Ooh, oh, man. Eric, would you like to weigh in on what you think the correct one is? Let's totally gamify this. Oh, even better. Um, I'm going to say Cartoon Spin is the correct one. Correct. Yeah. So uh, Gadgets is 30. Correct. Mickey is 20. you both have the app that I'm not even looking at. You. I'm Which not looking 20? at the app. I'm not looking at the app. Um, I know you aren't. 40 Runaway Railway. Okay. Gadget 20, Mickey. Wait, no. Gadget 30, Mickey 20. That's all correct. Wow. You're uh-huh. always so good at these games, Eric. <laughs> and if you uh, would like to book a vacation with... Some, oh, I thought it was up again. Oh, hey, go back to if the you end. would like to book a vacation <laughs> with somebody who knows... Has a w- weird... <laughs> Neurodivergent-ish sort of take on these 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 wait times. You are you're listening to the right people, and you can call concierge. Yeah. Eight five six concierge. There we go. Uh, well, that was great, everybody. Hello, okay. Lesnar is here too. Uh, so thanks for putting in. Putting in some good research. Both of you said that this was going to be pretty straightforward. And I think we had some agonizing discussion there. Yeah. (laughs) Wait a second. Is this actually better? Um, So, yeah, I really appreciated that. And I had a lot of fun. The the other game real quick Uh is if they're (laughs) if they're right next to each other. Oh, God. No, wait. Right. Like it is right now. They're right next to each other. Which one do you ride? Living. Yeah. With the land. Me, too. Dance, oh, dance depends, face on is with. depends on who I'm with. Yes. And it's also, I think my issue is I, I just ride one far less. I have, access, I have access far less than but, the know, other. The funny thing for me is the whole time I'm like, I'm not putting up a fight or anything. Cause I, I think living with the land is a better attraction overall. But then I'm, then I think to myself, what do I ride? If it's extra, so like, I don't know. Cause one mm. is, cute four minutes long and mm-hmm. i'm with you know a six-year-old or whatever like i don't know but if it's us adults if we're going as adults which is more often than not <laughs> turns out i think <laughs> living with the land yeah 
I, I I would just go with coins. I would go with whoever, if whoever I, I'm with, if I'm with somebody, I'd just be like, which one? I don't care. I like them both. Yeah. Well, right now you could do them both because they're five minute waits. Great. Hell yeah. Let's do it. All right. There we go. And if, if you like going to rides on both coasts at the same time, somehow, as if through magic, you're going to love the other shows on the Ears Up Network. We've got Scraping the Vault, where we are going to have a crossover event soon when we watch the premiere of Haunted Mansion. When that comes out, we'll immediately leave leave our respective theaters and get into our cars and podcast immediately. If by any chance you're anyone out there is like aware of the release dates and counts on them to be released at the time that they're usually released, this one might come out a little bit later than usual, but we'll do our best. All right. Uh, But yeah, I'll be on that one. That's why it's a crossover event. It'll be full of spoilers. So being late. (laughs) Oh, that too. Yes. Don't listen to it right away. That's that's a ringing endorsement. Uh, let's see. We've got Ears Up, you know, the other show on this network that um, I'm also on. <laughs> and then we've got Bantha Milk, the, the Bantha Boys with their uh, with their Star Wars stuff and Puny Pod, our Marvel podcast. Do we have more podcasts on this network? In depth. In depth. Well, I kind of count that with ears up. But yeah, listen to In Depth, where Jeremy and Jason <coughs> talk about the news. You know how much they love everything in, in a way that they talk <laughs> about it. That one's out there too. Um, all sorts of great stuff. And if you listen to the Hub Crawl, you can hear Dan um, lose his mind <laughs> over three episodes <laughs> as we recorded three episodes together. While Teg was out of town, we had a fun time. In fact, we had Ryan and David on as well from from PewDiePod. So that was a crossover event. Another crossover event. So, uh, yep, there we go. Other shows. Eric, I want to if I can shout out a new client. Here's one of our listeners, Mitchell. He and his brother are Disney nerds and they love our show. And they Mm -hmm. just booked a trip to Disneyland in the fall. Okay, great taste and great timing. Um, right there, we go. Concierge, years, everybody. Oh, by the way, um, he uh, they well. So I, it was a lead came in and he specifically called me out. So thank you, Mitchell. Um, and he, I so I emailed him. I guess I had the email wrong. So I emailed him, emailed again, and then I called him just in case. And he's like, yeah, I thought you weren't, I, I thought you dropped the ball. So I was, I was very upset. I'm very responsive typically, but, um, so we connected and when I found the hotel form, he said it was actually less expensive than he found on mm. Disneyland.com. Ooh, very nice. They're staying it. Um, yeah, man, I don't, I can't think of it now, but it's about, it's about a half mile. It's kind of near the convention center. Uh, there's, there's six of them in a room and they're able to get one room where oh, all wow. six of them can be accommodated and it was for less money than they expected. Very huh. nice. Excellent. Maybe it's like the Palomino or something. Is that a place? Uh, it's a, it's a very common Rose brand or? and I don't remember what it's called. Okay. Uh, Hershey's. The end. All I'd. right. Uh, so yes, thank you everybody. If you like what you're the, hearing, please uh, rate us on, <laughs> on Apple podcast and just keep thinking of hotel names. Uh, um, review, review us at drop that Nike. rating and add a review. That's very Nike helpful. It makes us feel nice. Unless it's a bad review, in which case we agonize over it uh, a little bit too much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah we but do. we welcome feedback also. 
You can get a hold of any of us at our email addresses, newly restored to us. Dan at earsup-podcast.com. Jimmy at earsup-podcast.com. And Eric, that's E-R-I-K at earsup-podcast.com. So thank you, everybody. And until next time, Port the Clarion. Clarion. (laughs) Yes, that one. This, This is what Jimmy feels like all the time. (laughs) <laughs> yep. <laughs> Not on purpose. It is the Clarion Hotel. But uh, yeah. uh, until way, next time. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> by the way, if you do have feedback and it's not the it's not the best feedback, but you also like and generally enjoy the show and you want to help us out, give us the five star review and then send us an email letting us know why you would have given us less. There you go. Thank that you. works. That works. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Double help. Yeah. It's a compliment sandwich. Be good to each other. Fresh baked. Can we, can we okay, okay. We can do it. We can, we can do it now. Go ahead. All right. Thanks, everybody. Until next time, be good to each other. And court is adjourned. Yay. Good job. I did it. You did it. (sighs) Got to figure out where to put an ad. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I said, um, at some point. You dopped up. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Skippity toilet. I still haven't looked at that link you sent me. (laughs) Speaking of links and chats and stuff, I, you know, I I don't, most of the activity happens when I'm sleeping, so I don't (laughs) usually scroll back. So if there's ever anything that is discussed that I should comment on or be aware of. It's funny you should mention that because, uh, and we might want to include this in our uh, uh, podcast that we're doing. Um, Oh, I wasn't expecting that. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Okay, hang on. Give just it, make there we go. Hey, listener. <laughs> tiny little Let's seed. just make believe that you're a tiny, tiny little seed. Little and- seed.